Hello everybody and welcome back to the Catch Kate podcast. This week we are on episode 24 and we are arriving into the Galapagos Islands. Around 19 islands in total but uh, this is up for debate because many are, you know there's like islets there, a lot of it is formed from volcanic activity so even as we speak there are probably islands forming right now and on the islands as well you do have active volcanoes and it's just like to be able to venture to these islands is once in a lifetime. Uh, it's a very very special place it was a dream of mine since really young since re- like you know watching on tv all the endemic species so you know the uh, the endemic basically meaning that they don't exist anywhere else on the planet so super special place and um, a lot of the nature is uh, preserved the locals live with nature the animals um live in symbiosis with human beings so they're very much um they're very friendly um obviously as always you know you you allow the animal to come to you not to it and don't disturb you have to have a two meter distance at all times and the galapagos and the galapagenos the people of the islands are just i'm still in awe of how they live uh, with nature and how they respect it and it's it was the most beautiful experience going there and really resonating with their thoughts and their feelings with nature and they understand it and they understand the importance of it and it is protected so the Galapagos Islands are a designated national park 97% of it is actually protected national park so it feels weird at first because you arrive in the islands and you're like I'm in a national park like you know so it's it's mind blowing. It's amazing. It's wonderful. If you get the chance to get there, you are very very lucky. So that's where we're going to go to today. I'm going to take you to the first island that I ventured to, San Cristobal. And after, as um, as it's a very special place, um, we will do a couple of episodes on it uh, to allow you to fully experience it and get the in depth uh, experience of it all and the knowledge and all the bits. Um, I'll also go through some bits on the bees this past week there has been like some things I've witnessed this week that I have never seen in my life not even on tv not even on my travels like the most amazing experiences you could imagine it is swarm season at the moment um, so I have loads of updates about the bees and it's been incredible uh, something indescribable like the swarms that I've witnessed and the inspections just uh, I can't, I just I'm still in awe. I'm I'm struck by what I've seen the last week, and I yeah, it's been amazing. So I'll update you on that. And um, yes, so let's get going on the adventures, guys. And as usual, I will uh, say a thank you to the patrons who are supporting the podcast. If you would like to support, you can go on to Patreon. Um, dot com slash catch caught catch kate whichever one you want and um if you can support uh you can do a once off to support my podcast my mission and this work or you can become a regular uh, subscriber which is per month and it can be whatever you like um 
and uh, I would really appreciate that and very grateful to share my message very grateful for all the reviews and um, I'm coming up to 50 like well sorry guys 49 I checked this morning I have 49 five star reviews and I'm just I'm so thrilled and this week I hit number four in the charts in the Irish charts for places and travel so thank you like to everybody who's tuning in uh, something I found really interesting which might be interesting to you too is that like the minute um, like I get uh, updates on my emails about where I am in the charts and stuff it's just kind of nice to follow sometimes but you know like my my aim really is you know to really share the message about the planet and the environment and inspire you to make changes and live better and feel better and work with nature and all of that but it is wonderful to see when I hit the top charts because it means that my message is going further and um yeah and a wider audience so that's great so thank you for every share that I've gotten every listener that I've gotten and of course the patrons who are supporting and contributing to the podcast and allowing me to live and um, support myself and pay my bills so that's really really appreciated thank you so much and yeah I just want to say thanks for all the reviews because I was like oh my god I'm nearly at 50 reviews and they're all five stars I was pretty chuffed and really grateful um yeah so thank you guys um let's get going we won't waste any time and we'll be arriving in the Galapagos so the Galapagos were actually my final destination on my trip um well I kind of I went back through mainland Ecuador and then I went through Spain uh but they really were my final stop uh for exploration and and all the ventures and all of that and I had the most memorable time there I didn't want to leave actually uh, but I knew I had to as well you know um, you have to have some bit of self-control as well you know I, I knew my trip couldn't go on forever you know money wise time wise uh, energy wise uh, you know there's a there's a point at which you need to make a decision and you know, I booked my flight to come back. And when I was on the Galapagos Islands, you know, there was a couple of people offering me work. And I was like, oh, my God, I should stay. But I was after booking the flight and I was like, oh, what will I do? But, you know, I just said, I'll come home, settle in and see how it goes. And that was another like big thing for me was actually settling in, coming back. Like it took me quite a while. I was very out of sorts and... I realised that, like, you know, how privileged people are who live here in this country, like, and many of us don't even know it, you know. Um, I When I arrived back in, I just thought, wow, these people have a lot of money. Like, I was like, these people, like, as if, like, I didn't even come from here. I had f- forgotten completely what my culture was and my identity and all of it, you know. And, and when I came back, the biggest things were, like, seeing all the cars. I was like, everybody has a car. Um, I was just like, why are so many new cars? Why? I don't understand. I was completely confused. I went to Super Value then, one of the stores here, if you're listening from abroad, um, one of the supermarkets, and I was speaking Spanish. <laughs> I was all confused. I didn't know what was going on. And even looking for products, I was like, what? You know, I was, I was just like, yeah. 
and another thing was the cleanliness i was like wow it's really clean here and water like i was like oh my god drinking water everywhere i was like oh my god the water's so fresh and clean and like it's for free it's for free and i was so used to going into places abroad and you'd be like can i fill up my water please you'd be nearly begging them and then here i was like oh my god there's free water everywhere <laughs> do you know like all this stuff you take for granted and even going to bed at night and just having silence i was like whoa I can't believe I can't hear anything, you know. And in the morning waking up and just looking out my window and seeing like vastness and space and nothingness and, and going to the beach and nobody there, you know. I, it was a real culture shock, you know. But anyway, that was kind of like the end of the end of the whole thing. But um, arriving in San Cristobal, let's get back to that. Um, I decided to spend... Uh, so when you go to the Galapagos actually there are requirements you have to fill out because it is a national park it's protected territory and they are very 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 uh, protective of it um, the Ecuadorian government and all of it so you have to fill out these like forms before you go uh, you don't need to fill out an insurance form that you have insurance you need to like make sure you're not bringing any prohibited items out there you make you need to make sure you're not um, impact in the flora and fauna of the islands because they are so much endemic species that they don't want them being disturbed which is totally understandable and, and this also happened you know if you listen to my Antarctica episode I talked about this and also in Australia I had this you know very protective of their um, environments and the flora and fauna and actually as well in Chile they were really protective so it is good to see these border control in process because it is important that we protect those species that are so so unique you know so yeah so arriving in beforehand i was at the airport and i had to pay you have to pay a hundred dollars actually to enter even and um they were all part of the little things before we got there um and then also they wanted to see like a return flight. They were like, where's your return flight? When are you leaving? Because maximum you can stay is two months as a foreigner. So yeah, you have to have all of those bits in order. Um, you know. So I eventually got to San Cristobal. And I remember arriving in on the plane and looking down. And I had a front row seat in the plane. I'll never forget it. I was like, am I just like really lucky right now? Like nobody. You know, the six front seats on the plane. Like nobody was on them, only me. And I was like... How did I get this seat? <laughs> I was like, I'm really lucky. Like, what? I just couldn't believe it. Like, you know, I had to pinch myself, you know, and I was arriving in and I could see the coral reefs below the island, the blues, the turquoise. I was just like, wow. Um, and I was actually going to stay with a couch surf host. Um, and so he was picking me up. And I was also going to meet a girl called a girl called Noelia from Argentina and little did i know beforehand that our encounter would be so special and that i would be friends with her till this day and she would become my best travel buddy ever and it's so funny that it happened at just the end of my trip you know i never really met anybody else on the trip um that i got this close to and spent such kind of like you know close moments with and just like we were like sisters almost you know um i did meet some other wonderful wonderful people but uh nobody com could compare to noe noe that well you know that was i called her noe noelia um 
and yeah and she was just wonderful and we got so close it was so funny that um she even cancelled her flight out of the islands like four times it was it was, I was like Noelia don't leave don't leave the islands you can't leave this is the best time of your life you need to stay here and have fun and adventures with me and we did and you know it was so funny because the guys on the islands were like you know we got really friendly with all the guys in the communities you know they're islanders so it's very local and they were like are you sure you're not like you know partners or something because we've never seen a girl cancel her flight this many times for another girl and I was like yes we're best friends you know um but it was just amazing our experiences um but anyway I got picked up by my couch surf host at the airport he brought me to his house I'll never forget the sunshine and just the palm trees and just like he brought me down to um the kind of uh the beachfront and I remember seeing like the hotel at the front where uh say like the Nat Geo magazines I used to watch like where the guys would stay for their you know re- residence during their trips there where they would do all the scuba diving and all the film making and I remember like seeing like um Paul Nicklin um his uh he put up a photo like where the sea lions were in the hotel and I was like oh my god like I'm here as well I couldn't believe it you know because he's a very famous uh photographer and Nat Geo um uh writer kind of and does a lot of work with conservation and the oceans and uh I really look up to him because they do such amazing work and they do um him and his partner run the sea legacy um organization which is all about protecting the oceans and if you haven't heard of it look it up sea legacy and look at some of their videos um it's an amazing it's an amazing organization which protects the oceans and they're doing an like you can look at all their incredible work they're doing all over the globe on protecting the seas and marine protected areas and whales and dolphins and all that so it's fantastic so anyway, my host Jason brought me around and he also told me that Noelia, the other couch surf girl, uh, would be arriving later on. So I was super excited to meet her as well. And we had been in contact beforehand because on the couch surf community, you can message people. And I found her on there that she was staying in the islands and all these couch surf hosts. And I decided to contact her because she looked like a really cool traveler and just somebody who was into the same sort of stuff, you know. And she seems so lovely and we kind of agreed that we'd meet on the islands, you know. So that's it's great, like about couch surfing, like you meet such like minded people, you know. So anyway, we went down to the beachfront first and we had a lunch. Uh oh, such nice food, like rice and fish and salad, like literally just in off the ocean. Like the fishermen go in and off every day. It's it's quite a big industry there actually and I was even invited at one time to go out on the boats fishing and, and, you know, you might stay out there a couple of nights, but we kind of said we'd stay on the islands, but we were really keen to do it. (laughs) But we didn't in the end. The boys were like, no, you'll have no, you'll be sleeping on, you know, really rough seas and, and the Galapagos, you know, they're really special because of where they are in the earth. So they're on the equator line and not just the endemism of species, but also, you know, like Darwin obviously first visited there that's where he did his theory of natural selection and um on the islands there's loads of um educative um kind of labs and scientific research and auditoriums and all sorts of stuff about species and 
um, natural selection and, and evolution and yeah all those kind of theories and stuff and it's amazing but what they also have is uh, four currents running through the island so they have the Humboldt the Panama the Cromwell the Equatorian and like if you can imagine these currents in the ocean like they give rise to like different types of uh, ocean temperatures um, you know you have a cold current coming in you have a warm current coming in they're all mixing so like on every single island you have all sorts of different vegetation all sorts of different species and like year on year it changes because it's so in flux with uh, the El Nino so the El Nino then occurs in kind of the Pacific Ocean um, you might remember from geography but it's like when the um, when the rise of nutrients is actually blocked up to the surface um, it, it's you know El Nino is actually a natural thing but it's becoming much more common now and it, it has caused like severe destruction in the past where like the water got too warm and uh, the nutrients couldn't come up and it was heating you know and the ho- the warm ocean currents are supposed to circulate back but they didn't and basically um, what happens is like even you know sea lions can starve you know, even at one time when the El Nino was so bad, like the marine iguanas shrank, like they got really tiny to adapt to the lack of nutrients at the surface. Also, like the penguins, like they suffer, um, you know, food wise, you know, like no nutrients, you're kind of screwed. The whole food chain is affected, you know. So that's something that goes on there. But it's very interesting because, you know, the penguin, as I mentioned, it resides in Isabella Island, kind of on the more west side left very left on the islands and like in the northern hemisphere this is where the penguin is and it's very unusual uh because normally you wouldn't find penguins there in the northern latitude but it's because of all those currents you know um so that's as well another thing about the rising ocean temperatures you know if it does rise to a certain point the penguin will be at threat because you know it can only survive because of that cold current coming in um but yeah we'll talk about the penguins when we get to Isabella Island but today let's focus on San Cristobal so some of the best things I've done on San Cristobal uh I suppose one of the top ones was the Leon Dormido uh scuba diving adventure um so it's basically like this big rock that comes out of the ocean it's called Kicker Rock um formed again from like volcanic activity shooting up i think i think it's formed when like this really hot lava shoots up out of you know into a cold ocean and it just forms this big huge rock you know like a tough cone they call it um but yeah super interesting and below it like the marine life is just incredible like something i've never experienced um just the immensity of it you know and uh, it's such a special place um I hadn't seen that many turtles or that many sharks in any other in any other country or location, you know, not even in the Great Barrier. Like so Galapagos is really special that way. But like I went out diving the first day with Noelia and we went out to see the hammerheads because you'd normally find them out there and the hammerheads were something I really wanted to see. I was just obsessed with hammerhead sharks. But the disappointing thing was we went down. I went down with a, the guide and another guy diving. And the guy, like, got kind of really scared. 
and he ended up getting sick into his um, regulator. The thing, if you're not like scuba diving, basically you have the regulator in the mouth and he got sick into that, which is what you're supposed to do. You're not supposed to take it out. You keep it in at all times. But like the guy got sick and so we had to abort like the dive and we were coming up out of the ocean, like rising up to 30 meters or whatever. And when we got to the top, like there was like, we were very far from the boat and the guy, our guide, like had to blow up this whistle thing and a, and a float so that the boat could find us. But we were at the other side of the rock. And then there was like basically vomit all below the ocean surface. And like, like for me, I wasn't scared. But I think at one point the guide got really nervous because we, we were like 25 minutes waiting for the boat to come and get us. And he was getting really cold as well, you know, the guide. Um, but the water at the time was 17 degrees and he kept like he was very cold and I was like I'm fine like and he was like what but like yeah like it was such um, and he was trying to mind the man who was like very nauseous and, and worried but below us I remember looking down into the ocean and seeing all the sharks going around in circles the Galap- uh, like the Galapagos shark and like different types and the reef tip the black reef tip and I was like, this is amazing. Like, I get to see all the marine life. Like, this is incredible. And, um, like, I was having the time of my life thinking, oh, my God, look at all the marine life. Because the vomit, obviously, they all came over. But then I looked over at the guide and the face of worry. I was like, oh, God, maybe I'm supposed to be worried and not enjoying this. But I was enjoying it. (laughs) But, um, yeah, we aborted that dive. And then the next time we went down, the guide didn't go down. So we dived a second time, went down and... um, I just never forget going through all these kind of caverns and like slits in the rocks, um, very like narrow kind of path, you know, a rock on each side and going through very narrow. And at times you're like, oh, my God, I hope my tank is OK. You know, like when you dive, like you're just like hoping everything will go fine. But, you know, after a while you get relaxed and um, it was just amazing. Um, uh, an experience I'll never forget ever um, and just like looking around me and just one turtle, two turtle, three, four, five, six turtles everywhere uh, phenomenal I'll never forget it and then like the guide was like he brought me up through like this spiral of um, small fish I don't know what they were now but they were like you know finger length fish um, but there was like a spiral of them thousands and thousands maybe like 12 meters deep and like we went up through the center of them me and him and all I could see above was the white light from the sun shining through the ocean and I was like oh like this is like this isn't real like you know these kind of experiences that blow your mind you know and that nothing could compare to them unbelievable um so unfortunately that time I didn't see the hammerheads and I was a bit disappointed like obviously I loved the dive but I thought you know it's the end of my trip if not now when if not now never you know you never know I'm always like go for it at the time you know don't ever look back and just go for it so I spent a day or two pondering I was like I need to go back out there I need I need to go back out I know I I want to see these hammerheads so I'm back to the dive company anyway and they they said they'd do a deal for me um, kind of a less price uh, which was great um, so I went back out again um, and yeah oh, the second time I was like this is it I'm going to see them today so we went back out to the Leon Dormido Rock 
and I there was actually only like there was two guides and myself so there was like nobody really diving uh, the rest were like scuba di- or snorkeling so um, it was very like personal and kind of intimate to be able to go down myself and there was two guides there was one guide with me and then another guy who was just going for the crack really um, just going for the laugh um, and we went down and I remember he taught me like to come over by the rock at the side of it and the currents are really strong and as I said, like there's four ocean currents that go in there, like the currents can get really like uh, unpredictable and like it was really wavy and lumpy and messy kind of. And the guy was like, look, you're going to have to hold on to the rock. So he was like, when I do the sign, like with his hands of like clenching kind of, he was like, hold on to the rock. And I was like, OK, but like I didn't I didn't actually realize at the time, like how f- flipping um, strong the currents would be. So like I held on to the rock anyway went round the corner and my whole body was like being pulled backwards you know and I was literally just hanging on with my hands and I remember looking up and looking at the extent of the speed of the current and seeing the turtles above me like you know maybe three four five meters and they like would would try to go around the corner and they'd come flying back around like just swooshing back you know and there's a thing on in diving um drift diving if you're a diver you might recognize the word and it's kind of like you flow with the current. So we were doing a bit of that, the drift diving. But you can easily get like lost because the currents take you, do you know. And sometimes you don't even have to like, you just go with it. You don't even have to move. Like you just hold yourself, you know. And the current will take you to wherever, you know, you end up. But um, obviously that's always where you go with experienced people. But I was lucky my guide was very, very like professional. Um, not like some of the experiences I had in like... Mexico and, and, and Belize and stuff where rules and regulations were a bit lax but in the Galapagos they're very strict very strict you know Um, I think a majority of their tourists coming in are from like the US and stuff so you know they know to keep regulation tight Um, and the police are quite you know they're enfor- they enforce stuff there do you know Um, but yes yeah, so it was amazing and I held on to the rock and next thing I looked at the guide and he like did the hammerhead shark um kind of sign that you do in scuba where you have your two fists and you kind of tap the side of your kind of forehead and I was like what 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 you know in my head and I looked up and there they were you know I think I think in total there was about seven and the way the currents were like it was getting a bit cloudy under the water but I could see like I got to glimpse like maybe uh four or five uh, two definitely really clearly and then the other two were ahead but it was f- I was just like I was like no way I was so like like anytime I think of a happy moment that was the moment extraordinary like something that really needs to be felt and witnessed with the eye you know uh, I couldn't explain how I felt uh, just pure joy happiness and so proud that I actually went back out again and dived. And, you know, diving for me, I was always actually very fearful of. Um, very scared at one point to dive. So I'm so happy that I overcame the fear um, and went out there and gave it all and had the experience. Because, you know, your dreams are important. And if I didn't, like, work out my fear of diving, I would have never experienced that joy and bliss that can be experienced so just remember like if you have fears that like you know they are there for a reason they're normally attachments that we make in childhood and they can be gotten over and 
yeah, it's pretty amazing to become fearless or embrace your fears because the joy and the bliss that comes afterwards, it's such a triumphant moment. And that whole way back on the boat, like after we had lunch and stuff and I was ecstatic and the driver and all of them, they were like, she's gone. Like I was, I was high, like I was so high, like, you know, it was just amazing at all the feel good chemicals. And I was so delighted. I was singing on the way back. I was delighted with myself. Um, Those were the best moments, you know, always at sea, super happy. The sea is just medicine. So I had some other experiences on San Cristobal, which were absolutely amazing. And San Cristobal was the island I spent most of the time on um, because I just kind of fell in love with it, really. Um, Isabella as well is amazing. Um, But yeah, San Cristobal, I spent like, you know, a week and a half or so. Then I went to Santa Cruz uh, for a few days. Then I went to Isabella for like a week or so. Then I came back to Santa Cruz. Oh, I think I just bypassed there. But actually visited another island as well. Um, but didn't stay on it. And uh, I'm pretty sure it was called Santa Fe. I need to double check that. But all in all, amazing. Uh, but there's so many islands there to be discovered. Um, but I really think the longer you stay... The more you get in with the locals and the just the life in general, which is amazing. Um, but yeah, I spent a couple of weeks definitely on uh, San Cristobal and it was so beautiful. And I got to know the locals, I got to stay with the locals. And me and Noelia, we just had the time of our life. So some other things we did, we went to... Um, we went on a little adventure one day on our bicycle. So the locals, so we were staying with our couch to frost Jason and he gave us a bicycle and then one of the locals gave us a bicycle. Sorry guys, there is a plane going overhead. So I'm actually recording outside today. It's absolutely stunning today. It's about 17 degrees. Can you believe that in Ireland, 17? Um, I said, why not record outside? But it's very unusual to see a plane. So uh, my apologies if it came through. Um, but basically we took off on our bicycles in the morning and we were going to a beach called Puerto Chino at the other end of the island which is just a gorgeous beach totally like isolated nothing around it like nothing and like these islands like there's very few people on them you know like I think San Cristobal has about 5,000 people a very very small population and it is the oldest of the islands to be inhabited and I'll tell you why now because on our little adventure it's due to its freshwater lake so on our adventure down to Puerto Chino at the other end of the island we stopped at the crater lake um, called El Junco or El Junco El Tunco <laughs> I'm trying to remember how to pronounce it but anyway something like that the crater lake in the middle uh, it's an amazing it's a permanent freshwater lake and evolved again from volcanic activity um, so it's filled up with fresh water from rain and all that um, but basically back in the day uh, 18 something actually it was Darwin came in 1835 but when they first came on the islands they resided in uh, San Cristobal because they had this fresh water and it's the only fresh water resource in all of the islands so that's pretty phenomenal so that's why the the community built up around there you know because uh, water is everything right water is life um, so we visited that crater lake and it was crazy amazing like we climbed up these steps and it was super misty on the day and there was nobody up there 
nobody just Noelia and I and we just looked at the lake we looked at the birds there uh just incredible and then like the mist would flow over and you'd see the surrounding like kind of grasslands and yeah super cool then we went off on our bicycles again towards the Galapagera which is like a place where they uh kind of breed the Galapagos tortoise uh, kind of a conservation area and um all of the uh, most of the islands actually I visited the well I got to visit them in the wild and also in kind of conservation um, centres the Galapagos tortoise um, amazing and if you didn't know the Galapagos was named after the tortoise because it actually means riding saddle in old kind of Castilian um, so yeah so the Galapagos actually refers to kind of almost like the shell of the the tortoise which is um, which is really cool. So I hope that's something new for you to learn about. Um, and I got to witness them like laying eggs. I got to witness baby ones in breeding programs, uh, like the size of your hand. Um, and they are protected species. So very interesting indeed. But like when I saw them first, I was like, wow, like the size of my body. But um, I visited them in the wild in Santa Cruz and I'll t- talk about that the next time. But um, <clears throat> just amazing. And I actually got to meet a guy who ran the 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 centre basically and, and he was so lovely and he also had like coffee coffee uh, growing there. Oh my god, the coffee there, unbelievable. But yeah, amazing to visit this uh, conservation centre and see the great work they're doing and there's a lot of volunteers go there. So if you're ever into volunteering, you can do it there. And um, yeah, it was amazing. But also when we were on this adventure, it was so funny because we we're on our bicycles. They weren't even ours. And like Noelia's chain on her bike broke and she went flying down the hill. And we had to like pull over on the side of the road. And like when I talk about the island, like there's like there's in the centre you have people living there. But then you go out of the centre and you're like in no man's land. Like there's nothing out there. Like there's no settlements. Like there's just nothingness. So like you're just like, where are we? And like I remember we pulled up the bikes and we sat down and we were roasted and we went underneath this tree made our shorts on and our bikinis and all of it, you know, Ecuador on the, sorry, on the equator line. So it's very hot there. Um, And I saw these like trees and I was like, oh, my God, there's an orange tree. And oh, my God, there's banana trees. And I was like, I'm going to jump the fence and go in. So it was so funny. We went in, we climbed the tree. Uh, we grabbed oranges then I could see banana trees and I was like let me go get bananas it was so funny and I basically shook the tree and loads of bananas came down and um it was great we were starving on our journey our bikes were broken and we were just delighted to have some fuel and be able to uh continue on the journey and I was like I'm gonna make a banana bread tonight so we packed our backpacks full of bananas full of oranges and set off again But you know what the most amazing thing was, is like when you find fresh fruit, fresh veg, when you're out in the wild, out in nature, and you're just like, oh my God. And this happened many times in the islands. Like we would find papaya trees and you just, you know, pull them off. And you just feel so grateful that the earth gave you that food, you know. And and I think that's as well where, you know, the whole environmental thing comes in, in that we've been completely disconnected from where food comes from. You know, we get in our car, we drive to the store, we see food on shelves, it's been packaged, it looks nothing like its original form. We have no idea even what the plant looks like, the seed, the tree, 
the soil that it comes from like we're totally disconnected from the land um and but i know last year something really positive with the whole pandemic was that you know we were able to get back in touch with seed leaves soil earth trees and understand like hey like we need this like we need nature to survive and and it's all part of us and we can't survive without it um you know it's that disconnection and 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 i felt like being in the wild being in nature finding food being totally dependent on it you know like our bikes broke like where were we going to get food there was no shops there was no people and then just finding it in nature wild was just like incredible you know you know you realize your dependence on it and your survival on it you know and I think that's so important and so amazing when you can do that like I know in Ireland it's hard because you might go off on your bicycle and like you yeah you might find an apple tree maybe or but you're not going to find orange trees or you know and and most of the stuff here is intensive agriculture like it's just giant fields of grains you know and it's yeah you know it's it's that disconnection again but um i'll always promote the growing and hopefully i'll get some of you converted and if you're already doing it well done and i applaud you and admire you if you are doing it because it does take a little bit of a little bit of effort to go against the norm and and start growing because you know the majority of people do just go to the shop and buy the stuff um but when you realize you can do it for yourself and you can actually use seeds year on year and even like reseed and use seeds like just crazy like you know even like potatoes like we're using the potato seed from last year you know that the potatoes provided for us you know or like tomatoes like i have tomatoes growing up everywhere and i have no idea how you know they're just growing up you know they're reseeding themselves and when you realize that nature does this for you you know that there's no lack or scarcity in anything but I think this year and last year has taught us something like you know as well about dependence on food and supply chains like we have to stop that dependency on supply chains from exports uh, imports and stuff because we can produce food here like we can there's people producing all sorts of things and you know organic farms I've been reading about up the country producing legumes and pulses and and all all sorts of different kind of grains as well um that's not intensively sown you know um this is all good news um but really I suppose what I'm saying is that like when you go into nature and you're like oh my god I need food and then it just provides it to you and you're like wow you know and you know another time as well it was avocado trees I was like oh my god you know and you're just like you're actually like you know a little bit in flight or fight like you're like like I've no food there's no people here we've no phones we've bicycles are broke and then nature's there with all the food supplies and you're like oh thank you so much you're so grateful and you realize that um you know just being so thankful for it so what else did we do we eventually made it to Puerto Chino on a broken kind of uh, chain and in the end one of the guys our our couch surf host he uh, picked us up in his, in the van so they were working as national uh, park guides actually a load of the guys we hung out with were and it was so cool because they were able to teach us things and uh, really tell us about what was happening on the islands regarding species and conservation that was amazing
Um, so yeah, we spent the other days then kind of um, like we'd have barbecues on the streets. We'd go out at night to the disco, like disco, like come on, it's so funny. Um, and we would just go off on our bicycles and we'd cycle down the uh, the boardwalk. It's very built up actually, very kind of tourist friendly, I suppose, very clean. And uh, we'd cycle down and we'd like cycle around the sea lions and the sea lions would be coming after us. It was amazing. And then, like, we also did, like, bodyboarding, which was so much fun. And we walked one day, like, near the military base out towards this beach. We were walking for, like, half an hour or f- up to an hour. And we went, eventually went in bodyboarding and we were kind of, yeah, we didn't really know how to do it, but we tried. <laughs> we gave it a go. And there was, like, turtles coming out of the ground, out of the ocean and coming up for, like, you know, air. And you're just bodyboarding and there's turtles around you. And you're like, oh, my God, this is paradise. This is amazing. But um, that's the Galapagos. It's absolutely fascinating. And, like, when I think back as well, I used to go for my jogs in the mornings, you know, 6, 7 a.m. before the heat would come in. And I'd be jogging along the beaches and there's sea lions everywhere. And you're jogging over them and baby sea lions. And you're just like... Is my life real? And then they also had like, uh, we did one night where we trekked out to the cliffs and we got to witness uh, loads of like nocturnal kind of species. One such species was the swallow-tailed gull. So it kind of comes out in the evening and it has kind of a red rim around its eyes and that like allows it to see at night, which is super cool. And I got some really nice shots of it. And, um, yeah, you kind of know it's dark when they come out. So that was amazing. And we also got to see, like, frigate birds and, yeah, just so many different birds. And finches. They have so many different finches there. Um, Yeah, it's where they studied a lot of um, kind of uh, evolutionary theories with the finches because they have so many different species of finch there. Um, so yeah guys that's the Galapagos welcome to San Cristobal Um, an amazing place I'd go back in a heartbeat Uh, well not right now but you know (laughs) I'd go back in my dreams Um, but yeah so I wanted to update you on the bees so this week we've had incredible I've had incredible experience with bees like you wouldn't even believe it like I can't even believe it I'm like gobsmacked so basically I started doing my own solo inspections which was an incredible feat because I didn't even think like a month or two ago I could even do that I was like what me do inspections like I didn't even know what I was looking at I was like what's that what's that what's that a queen a what a brood a comb wax (laughs) you know I had no idea and now like you know learning and studying every day about the bees and just taking part in every opportunity that I could get and get trained up has been incredible you know and it really shows like if you have an interest in something like you can get there so yeah I did my own inspections on the bees on the farm last week amazing and I found like a queen cell in the making so that was fun and I was really nervous beforehand and I was like it's going to be fine you're going to be fine you're going to do it it's going to be great and did it went perfectly and I took my time and even between hives I took a break uh, just to make sure that you know I was ready for the next hive and because you don't know, like, you don't know how the bees will react to you. You know, they are sensitive, like, little little things. And you want to be, like, welcomed into their home, their hive, which is their special place. And, you know, they have their honey in their, you know, their mother, their queen. And they're protecting a lot of stuff. And they have to keep it at, like, a certain temperature. So, you know, opening the hive up and doing all that 
you just have to be careful because it's their home at the end of the day and sometimes they could attack you know maybe they're defensive and they're like get out of our house and then you might need to run away <laughs> so you have to be careful um also i was down in hive mind doing an experience at the weekend and i got to see a swarm on a tree absolutely amazing i'm sure some of you who saw my social media might have seen it it was about 10 inches long like basically below the trunk kind of um i was just like is this real and i got to put my hand on it the bees were crawling all over my hands i was just like this is amazing feeling it like humming and just buzzing and i was just like whoa like the frequency of it was incredible and then like that was like amazing like I was talking about it for the whole night even the next day I couldn't believe it I just couldn't believe my luck and then what happened like I was doing beekeeping all that day and then the next day and then I came home to the farm and I put a swarm box here and there was literally bees on it and I was like no way no way is there bees on my swarm box and like they were obviously scout bees checking it out and then like that night like we put it up one day and then the next day there was nothing and then the next day there was bees all over it and I thought oh my god there's a swarm there's a swarm like there was so many of them came because like there was literally like 10 bees then they left then like an hour later there was like you know maybe a few hundred and I was like oh there's new bees here and the next thing yesterday so on Wednesday I looked out the door and there was literally thousands upon thousands upon thousands like I'd say 20 30,000 bees above the box doing all these sorts of patterns and figurations and I was like whoa what is going on and I literally like my nephew was here and we lived down on the ground we sat down on the ground below it and we were looking and I just couldn't believe I'd I've never seen anything like it it was the most incredible thing one of the most incredible things I've ever witnessed ever in my life and it was just amazing like who knows what they were doing you know they might have been celebrating the queen mating they might have been celebrating that they just found a new home they might have been celebrating or they might have been mapping the area like they also do this thing where they map the area because it's a new home so they'll map out with their you know they work on vibration and frequency and all of it and it's just like another world the bees like if you're into it get into it <laughs> seriously it's so amazing and if you have any questions just you know message me or whatever I'm super happy to share and I love sharing it and bees like like they say that bees when they come like on your land or near to your like wherever you live that that like basically pollination or like flowering goes up like 30 percent you know they're just incredible and the fruits you get are much more sumptuous or delicious you know because we really need the bees you know and think of your blueberry your coffee your avocado your apple loganberry all of that like that's all done by bees almonds like all of it it's all bees work without them we wouldn't have them available you know it's about that connection again understanding that at the base of the chain like you go into a shop you see a packet of blueberries in plastic like look where that comes from like a tree flower seed the bee does the work you know well the seed all of it does the work together nature and and then we eat it so we must show gratitude to the bees and leave them with habitats and homes so that we can all work together, you know, and stop this working against nature because that's not working. We have to stop, like, thinking that mowing the lawn is keeping it tidy. Like, you're not keeping anything tidy. You're actually just destroying a future that needs to be regenerative, you know. So 
if you do see people, as I said before, cutting hedgerows, lawns, all the flowers, trees, any of that stuff, just call it out. I know it's uncomfortable because you're breaking a pattern and you're breaking a thing in history that, you know, people just think, oh, it's tidy. Like, you have to do it, like, for the sake of humanity and the future. Like, the next decade is going to tell our future on Earth. And, you know, like, doing growing and, you know, teaching my nephew about the plants and the weeds and all of it. And, you know, like, it's unfair to leave them a world that isn't just and fresh and vital and you know I want to leave an earth that is beautiful and blue and green and, and you know everything that I've been able to witness I want them to see it too you know so yeah it's all about the environmental awareness so guys I hope you enjoyed today I hope you've enjoyed about the bees it's just amazing Um, I have some new videos up on Patreon if you're a patron go on there check them out Um, and if you would like to support this podcast and you do enjoy it and you get something from it, um, a contribution would be greatly appreciated and it will help me to go further with the work and, yeah, to keep at it, really. Um, it's up to you what you put value on it. Um, and, yeah, I hope you've been enjoying Um these episodes um thank you again for all the reviews uh really really so thoughtful of all of you to take the time and energy to put in the review and share the podcast because it really means so much to me and i need like i know that i need to push this message because like reading this week about the leaders in the g7 summit and what went on it just it makes me it upsets me to know that the people at the top are doing such stupid things, you know, uh, for the planet. And, yeah, so I want to drive more of this message. So thank you for supporting. It means a lot. Um, I wish you a beautiful evening wherever you are. And um, as always, you can find me on social media. As always, my book is available on my website and it is going into more locations. So I'll be excited to share that with you. It actually went in as well to Prickly Plants, um, a plant store in Little Island, County Cork. And um, yeah, I'm having some traction uh, with some other places as well. But I'll let you know what happens on that. Um, Small steps and we'll get there. So guys, I wish you a beautiful weekend. Uh, Enjoy the sunshine wherever you are if you have it get out get your hands in the soil hug a tree you know go in the ocean and connect back to the earth and um yeah i'll talk to you all soon guys ciao